Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord. These verses describe a storm on the Sea of Galilee when our Lord and his disciples were crossing it, and a miracle performed by our Lord in calming the storm in a moment. Few miracles recorded in the gospel were so likely to strike the minds of the apostles as this. Four of them at least were fishermen. Peter, Andrew, James, and John had probably known the Sea of Galilee and its storms from their youth. Few events in our Lord's journeyings to and fro upon earth contain more rich instruction than the one related in this passage. Let us learn in the first place that Christ's service does not exempt his servants from storms. Here were the twelve disciples on the path of duty. They were obediently following Christ wherever he went. They were daily attending on his ministry and listening to his word. They were daily testifying to the world that, Whatever scribes or Pharisees might think, they believed on Jesus, loved Jesus, and were not ashamed to give up all for his sake. Yet here we see these men in trouble, tossed up and down by a tempest and in danger of being drowned. Let us mark well this lesson. If we are true Christians, we must not expect everything smooth in our journey to heaven. We must count it no strange thing if we have to endure sicknesses, losses, bereavements, and disappointments, just like other men. Free pardon and full forgiveness, grace along the way, and glory at the end, all this our Savior has promised to give. But he has never promised that we shall have no affliction. He loves us too well to promise that. By affliction, he teaches us many precious lessons, without which we should never learn. By affliction, he shows us our emptiness and weakness draws us to the throne of grace, purifies our affections, weans us from the world, makes us long for heaven. In the resurrection morning, we shall all say, it is good for me that I was afflicted. We shall thank God for every storm. Let us learn in the second place that our Lord Jesus Christ was really and truly man. We are told in these verses that when the storm began, and the waves beat over the ship, he was in the back part of the boat, asleep. He had a body exactly like our own, a body that could hunger and thirst and feel pain and be weary 
and need rest. No wonder that his body needed repose at this time. He had been diligent in his father's business all day. He had been preaching to a great multitude in the open air. No wonder that when the evening had come and his work finished, he fell asleep. Let us mark this lesson also attentively. The Savior in whom we are told to trust is really a man as he is God. He knows the trial of a man, for he has experienced them. He knows the bodily infirmities of a man, for he has felt them. He can well understand what it means when we cry to him for help in this world of need. He is just the very Savior that men and women, with weary frames and aching heads in a weary world, require for their comfort every morning and night. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Hebrews 4.15 Let us learn in the third place that our Lord Jesus Christ, as God, has almighty power. We see him in these verses doing that which is proverbially impossible. He speaks to the winds, and they obey him. He speaks to the waves, and they submit to his command. He turns the raging storm into a calm with a few words, Peace, be still. Those words were the words of him who first created all things. The elements knew the voice of their master, and like obedient servants, were quiet at once. Let us mark this lesson also and lay it up in our minds. With the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing is impossible. No stormy passions are so strong that he cannot tame them. No temper so rough and violent that he cannot change it. No conscience is so disturbed that he cannot speak peace to it and make it calm. No man ever need despair if he will only bow down his pride and come as a humbled sinner to Christ. Christ can do miracles upon his heart. No man ever need despair of reaching his journey's end if he has once committed his soul to Christ's keeping. Christ will carry him through every danger. Christ will make him conqueror over every foe. What though our relations oppose us? What though our neighbors laugh to scorn us? What though our place be hard? What though our temptations be great? It is all nothing if Christ is on our side and if we are in the ship with him. Greater is he that is in us than those who are against us. Finally, we learn from this passage that our Lord Jesus Christ is exceedingly patient and piteous in dealing with his own people. We see the disciples on this occasion showing great lack of faith and giving way to very improper fears. They forgot their master's miracles and care for them in days gone by. They thought of nothing but their present peril. They awoke our Lord ghastly and cried, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? We see our Lord dealing most gently and tenderly with them. He gives them no sharp reproof. He makes no threat of casting them off because of their unbelief. He simply asks the touching question, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Let us mark this lesson well. The Lord Jesus is very empathetic and full of tender mercy. As a father pities his children, even so the Lord pities those who fear him. Psalm 103, verse 13. 
He does not deal with believers according to their sins, nor reward them according to their iniquities. He sees their weakness. He is aware of their shortcomings. He knows all the defects of their faith and hope and love and courage, and yet he will not cast them off. He bears with them continually. He loves them even to the end. He raises them where they fall. He restores them when they err. His patience, like his love, is a patience that passes knowledge. When he sees a heart right, it is his glory to pass over many shortcomings. Let us leave these verses with the comfortable recollection that Jesus is not changed. His heart is still the same as it was when he crossed the Sea of Galilee and calmed the storm. High in heaven at the right hand of God, Jesus is still sympathizing, still almighty, still piteous and patient towards his people. Let us be more charitable and patient toward our brethren in the faith. They may err in many things, but if Jesus has received them and can bear with them, surely we may bear with them too. Let us be more hopeful about ourselves. We may be very weak and frail and unstable, but if we can truly say that we do come to Christ and believe on Him, we may take comfort. The question for conscience to answer is not, are we like the angels? Are we perfect as we shall be in heaven? The question is, are we real and true in our approaches to Christ? Do we truly repent and believe? That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, do we live thinking that Christ owes us an easier life? Or are we prepared to count various trials as joy by the grace of God? If the Lord would take us home today, would we be able to say, it was good that I was afflicted? Secondly, do we believe that Jesus understands our weaknesses and frailties? Does this give us comfort in coming to him? Third, do we believe that if Christ is for us, who can be against us? And fourth, do we believe Jesus is patient toward us? Or do we think of him as an imperfect earthly father with a short fuse? In the same vein, do we seek to show the same patience toward others who err if Jesus has received them?